Good morning, everybody. Christ is risen. Great stuff. I've got a quiz for you. I'm going to put up a line of a song, and you tell me if you know what the song is. Okay? Help. You need help. Ellen needs help. Can someone help Ellen with the answer? That's it. I never needed anybody's help in any way, but now these days are gone. I'm not so self-assured, and now I find I changed my mind and opened up the doors. Help. I need help. What about this one? You got troubles. I got them too. You got a friend in me. That's right. Toy Story. You got troubles. I got them too. There isn't anything I wouldn't do for you. We stick together and see it through because you got a friend in me. All right. This next one is the last one. Uh, Eight o'clock got it wrong. And 9.30 got it wrong. And I can't believe they got it wrong. So let's see if you get it wrong. Achy breaky heart. <laughs> you, you got a friend, Carol King. You know what everyone else said? Bridge over troubled water. Carol King. Yeah, right, a different era. Uh, winter, spring, summer or fall, all you've got to do is call and I'll be there. You've got a friend. Uh, what those songs and heaps of other ones say, unlike the little child who says, I don't need any help. I don't need any help. The songs realise we do. We do need help. We need help in all sorts of ways and we need friends to help. Uh, on Friday, when we look on Good Friday, Tim shared with us how Jesus is our king and friend. Now, I don't know if you know anybody who says, well, my friend is King Charles. I'm friends with King Charles. You would say, well, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> I'm friends with Jesus. And, and his kingdom's getting bigger, unlike your empire sort of shrunk quite considerably. <laughs> uh, Tim also said on Good Friday that God the Son, that is Jesus, is your brother and friend. Now, again, I don't know if you know someone who boasts about someone who they're related to, I'm related to whoever it might be. You can say, oh, that's great. I'm related to God because of Jesus. This is the ultimate one-up, isn't it, of everybody? And what Tim said on Good Friday as well, finally, was all of that is true. He's your king and brother and friend. All this is true because he is a priest and friend for you. On that Good Friday, offering the sacrifice of himself, which really means it's, it's good news that those who want to be forgiven, those who want to be right with God, those who want to actually know him, can know him through Jesus Christ, through him being that priest, offering that sacrifice for them. So only those who receive Christ as priest can say with any certainty or confidence that Jesus is my Lord and brother 
and friend. And I suppose it's this idea of priest, that third one, that I want to explore with you today on this Easter Sunday. Unfortunately, you might not be all gripped by that because the idea of a priest in Australia, at least, not to mention the rest of the world, has dropped in its rankings, you could say. So there is a yearly, there is Professions Australians Trust Most survey. And if you scan that over the last 20 years, priests have spiralled down in Australians' estimation of them. And you can see how that's understandable. Priests used to rank up the top with doctors and nurses. But now they've shifted from up around the one to five mark down to 15 and sort of continuing to head south. And that's understandable, isn't it? We hear of priests' high-profile cases of sexual abuse, of the misappropriation of money, of church scandals. It makes sense. Priests are still, though, slightly above lawyers. I would say. So to hear that Easter Sunday, that somehow Jesus is your priest, it just may not grip you that much because of that. But if you can, just for a moment, put aside all the priests you know or all the priests you've heard of and just focus in on this one, Jesus, just for a moment. So a priest is a mediator Uh, a go-between, one who offers on your behalf to God. Uh, And Jesus is a good, generous, patient, loving, caring, truthful priest. And Good Friday tells us that the only way that you can start the Christian life is to know Jesus as your priest. But Easter Sunday says there's actually more to the story. The Old Testament pictured the high priest, once a year, would take a sacrifice and uh, would take uh, an animal and sacrifice that animal. It was just what happened. But that's not all that he did. You see, after the animal was sacrificed, he then took the blood of that animal and took the blood into the Holy of Holies. And there in the Holy of Holies, he wiped the blood onto the Ark of the Covenant and then burned incense. And this was called intercession. What followed sacrifice was intercession. And it's all part and parcel of what's going on. To put it in church speak... Oblation is followed by intercession. And you think, what on earth does that mean? Well, let me put it another way. Jesus' death corresponds to the sacrifice that the high priest made, that Good Good Friday Jesus' death. 
Easter Sunday, Jesus' resurrection and ascension corresponds to that presence in the Holy of Holies that the Old Testament priest was in for intercession. Good Friday, therefore, is about the past work of Jesus as priest, but the resurrection and intercession emphasises Jesus' present, ongoing work as priest for you right now. So, do you see? To forget or to not be aware of what's happening in that intercession is to only have half the message. You need Jesus to start as priest to start the Christian life, but you need to know him in, as intercessor to continue the Christian life and to finish. And, and, and believers are too often defeated and downhearted in their walk as Christians because they've forgotten precisely this of what Jesus is doing right now for you and for me. See, we're good at knowing we're saved. But what we keep doing is forgetting to tell people you've got a friend along the journey. And you need a friend along the journey because the journey's full of potholes and hurdles. So we need to know Jesus as priest to start the Christian life and we need to know Jesus as priest to continue the Christian life. But you might be thinking, yeah, I'm still stuck back there with this whole priest thing. Uh, it's just, just all sounds a bit foreign and religious and antiquated. I don't really feel like I need a priest Maybe oh, I'm not really on my deathbed and even then I don't know if I really feel like I'd want to get a priest then either. It's all a bit foreign. However, you use priests all the time. The idea of a priest, the idea of a mediator, the idea of someone who goes in between you and a problem. So if your car breaks down, you need a priest. You need someone who can mediate between you and the car. Because that car now, you, you're out of relationship with it. You're really upset with it. It has a few more dents than it did before you were out of relationship with it because of your foot or whatever. You need someone to come in and fix it. That's when you realise you need a priest. Uh, sometimes other people tell you you need a priest. If, for example, you're doing uh, some renovations at home, you think, I can do that. And there's someone over your shoulder who's saying, do you think we should get someone who actually knows what they're doing to fix that? A little while later, you need another priest to come in to fix another problem, which is called a counsellor. Fix that out as well, all sorts of priests. But my, my point is we're, we're, we're aware of this mediation all the time. We use it all the time. The priest you need has to be able to help you with the problem you have. 
And so uh, I have a friend who is debilitatingly afraid of spiders. So if I've got a problem with a big spider at home, I'm probably not going to call that person to help. They're going to collapse. I'm going to need to call the doctor and the ambulance. And they're, literally, they're that frightened. If my car breaks down, I'm not going to call Jesus for help. Unless it's really going down, whatever. Uh, if my renovations go wrong, I'm not going to call Jesus for help. But if I realise my relationship with God needs to be fixed, then I know who I'm going to call. And it's Jesus. And like I said before, however, the Christian life... See, Hebrews, that we're getting all this stuff from in the Bible, I encourage you to have a read of it, even today. Hebrews is not written to people who... Not only to people who might want to become a Christian, it's written primarily to people who are already on the journey and already fair way down the track. Who they've hit those potholes and they've hit those hurdles and they haven't navigated them well. They've fallen in the potholes. They've hit, they've tripped over the hurdles. They are exactly the people who need to be reminded you've got a priest, you've got an intercessor, you've got a friend. Before we became Christians, we didn't have a problem with temptation. Really, you didn't have a problem with temptation before you became a Christian. You were never tempted away from God because you're away from God. But the minute you turn to him, we are tempted then to give up or wander off or drift away. And, and, and if you feel like you're alone in this journey, you will. Drift off, wander off, or give up. See, the minute we started to follow Jesus, the world, the flesh, and the devil got to work to lure us away, back to the old life. We need help when temptation knocks. I need someone who understands. That's why that verse says this. We do not have a high priest who is unable to empathise with our weaknesses but we but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are yet did not sin so what that verse is saying when it comes to temptation we are weak we need help and what we need help from is a high priest who is able to empathize with our weaknesses and Jesus has taken on flesh. Uh, he, 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 like no other religion or faith or philosophy on the planet or in history, has uh, crossed that gap and taken on our own being. None other. One has. It's Jesus Christ. He has been tempted in every way, just as we are yet, it says there, he did not sin. There's a big campaign at the moment in the United States. Uh, it's called He Gets Us. All of us. Jesus. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I'm not experiencing it all the time, but what I've seen looks great. But it's emphasising the fact that Jesus, 
he's not way up there or way away. He's actually, he knows what we're going through. He understands how we feel. You might say, I'm only human. He says, yeah, you know, I get that. I really do. And you might say, but how can he know what we're going through if he never sinned? But here's the thing. Sin is not the hard part. Temptation is the hard part. Uh, sin is giving in. Temptation is uh, to, 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 keep, is to keep on fighting. So one guy named C.S. Lewis said this, Only those who try to resist temptation know how strong it is. We never find out the strength of the evil impulse inside us until we try to fight it. And Christ, because he was the only man who never yielded to temptation, is also the only man who knows what, uh, to the full what temptation means. The only complete realist. It's like a marathon runner who gives up halfway saying to the marathon runner who didn't give up, you don't know what it's like to run a marathon. Well, yes, they do. They know it better than you. Jesus knows exactly, therefore, what we are going through. And this is what Hebrews is saying you and I need to know to make it through the Christian life. That we have a friend. A friend in a high place. And the resurrection means this Jesus, your priest, is offering you help right now. Now, you know, it, on Easter Sunday, there's a number of things we could have talked about. We could have talked about the reasonableness of the resurrection. Uh, we could have answered the healthy, I say, underlined, criticisms of an understandably sceptical culture about whether the resurrection actually really happened or not. We could have explored that. It would have been really good. And we'll do that some other time. Or we could have emphasised the fact that the resurrection is God's thumbs up to the cross, that the cross actually really worked. You can find forgiveness. But what I wanted to emphasise today is, as we've talked about, Jesus, the resurrection meaning Jesus is your priest and your friend. God has gone to the greatest lengths to make peace. He has given everything on the cross, and here's the point for today, and continues to give everything for you. To be all that he has made you to be in him. He's given you everything. This guy says this. I asked you in the nicest possible way to make me a better person, but apparently you couldn't be bothered. <laughs> I don't know. I find myself praying like that sometimes. No. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So I want to finish by saying, not do you have a need that you need to come to him for, but what is your need? What is it 
that is holding you back today in your Christian walk? Ask Jesus for help. Is he laying something on your heart right now that you need to ask him for help? So you're not alone. Don't walk it by yourself. Don't walk it as if you're by yourself because you're not by yourself. Is it shame? Is there some shame? Or is there guilt? Or a sense of failure? Or just knowing I'm never going to never going to make this come to him so i just want to pray i'm going to pray a prayer and then i'm going to leave a gap and in that gap is for you to fill in the gap you can say yeah lord i need help with whatever it might be and also i'm going to pray because maybe you know you're here today and you've never even started this relationship with God and realized you can come to Jesus, your priest, and have that relationship fixed and begin this new life connected with God. It's like having a lamp, but it not plugged in. You're thinking, I know I'm meant to be doing more than I am. I'm not plugged in. There's the problem. Not plugged into God. I'm going to pray that as well. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, friend of sinners, my friend and priest, you have given everything on the cross and you continue to give everything for my holiness. Please help me with And if you've never asked Jesus to be your priest, to fix the problem with God that you have, then take this time to ask, Lord Jesus, friend of sinners, be my friend, be my priest. You have given everything on the cross. And you continue to give everything for my salvation. I receive you today. Amen.